on air, online, on now. Carol Duncan on 95.9 FM and 12.33 ABC Newcastle. I actually offered on Twitter a few months ago to make you a cake if you would come in and talk to me. Oh, really? Yeah, but you didn't reply. <laughs> oh, what kind of a fool am I? Horrible man, I'd have made you a cake. I'm a horrible man. I'm yeah. so sorry. That's okay. Do you know, though, I'm not sure I saw that. I think I'd remember that. You'd probably have tens of thousands of... No, I, I, I don't, but I you. just... I think they're filtered. I don't think I get to see... I think somebody says, oh, no, I won't show him that. I think somebody's filtering. A minion. Well, not a minion. Someone in the deep in the in the recesses of the Twitter organisation. I think uh, fil- maybe, maybe they just have a, you know, today we're filtering anything with the word cake in it. But look, um, porn you could understand, but cake? Yes, unless that's a euphemism for something that you and I don't know about. <laughs> could well be. Yeah. Hugh, why blues? Well, now, that's a good that's a good question. Although I don't think necessarily I should be the first person to answer it. I'm following a well-trodden path of English uh, uh, musicians, which is how I describe myself now, um, who have been completely entranced uh, by, uh, hypnotised almost by this extraordinary music of the... Uh, uh, the American South, and uh, I think there are many, many people who should be answering the question before me. But anyway, now that I'm here, you don't have them in front of a microphone, so I'm here. Well, no, uh, indeed. I, I will. This is just music I have loved since I was about seven years old, which is to say the first time I heard it. Um, and it was like the, the first time I heard a blues song, I think it was a Willie Dixon song, it was like an electric shock that went through me, and it's I'm still... I'm still shivering, uh, still juddering even now, all these years later. It's the, it's never let me go. I read an interview with you where you were talking about having seen John Cleary playing when you were about 25 years of age, and I, I am lucky enough to have had the wonderful John Cleary uh, play right in this studio here in front of oh, my really? face. And it was Oh, wow. It, I have to brag about that because that was so cool. No, that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. That That is a gift not given to many. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I, yes, I saw him at a pizza restaurant in London before he'd made the move to New Orleans. And uh, I was just knocked out by his piano playing, the, the sort of romance of it and, and, the, and the sweetness of it. I just, it was absolutely thrilling. I bought a tape from him back in the days when people had tapes. Uh, kids, there used to be these things called cassettes. <laughs> I bought one of these, and um, and they used to litter uh, the sides of highways everywhere. They, they did indeed. And I, I worked my way through this tape. I used to, I, I tried to learn everything he played on this tape. I, I just thought his piano playing was wonderful. You though, as a kid, you started to play piano, but then of course, I guess like my kids and violin, you'd do anything to not play it. It's true. It's true, and it's a terrible, terrible shame. I don't think. There can't be a single person alive on the planet who is glad that they gave up a musical instrument. Everybody regrets the fact that they they didn't keep it up or they or they, they didn't work harder at it or something. It's it's one of those sort of it it's it's part of adulthood, I suppose. But I've had this amazing opportunity to sort of re-immerse myself in in the music that I loved when I was very young. Um and I, I've seized it with both hands uh, because this is the greatest uh, adventure of my life. And I, I, it's the greatest thrill. And I may say also honour 
to be able to present these songs, songs that I've loved all my life to um, to audiences around the world. We've just had the most incredible time. I hope the audiences have too, by the way. It's not just, uh, this is not just for my sake. I hope the audiences are loving it too, but uh, it's been an amazing time. My guest is Hugh Laurie here on 1233 ABC Newcastle. That's an amazing comment to make, that working now in music is one of the most extraordinary things in your life when we consider the career that you have had for decades before you in theatre, in comedy and in television. Well, I, I mean, I don't I don't dismiss those things uh, uh, at all, uh, never mind lightly. I, I um you know, I'm very, very proud of some of the things. I've, some, by the way, not all, <laughs> but I am very proud of some of the things I've done. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm, I hope I always will be. But um, this is a, this is a whole new level of um, sort of visceral pleasure that I get from music. That that act. I think it's partly because I'm quite a, I'm quite a self-conscious actor. I'm very. Uh, when I'm acting, I'm I it, it, everything. Almost everything I do is a sort of a technical problem to solve, and how what's the best way of doing this? And I'm sort of watching myself all the time. But with music, it's it's almost the reverse. I sort of I, I just close my eyes and you know I, I just get lost in these wonderful sounds. Not the wonderful sounds that I'm making, but the the, the band are making because this is a band. Honestly, this is the, one of the most incredible bands ever assembled. I'm pretty confident we could invade uh, Ukraine uh, if we if we chose to. I hope it won't come to that. Although they could. could probably do with some assistance at the moment. I think they probably could, mm. you know. And I, obviously, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll make some discreet offers of help. Um, <laughs> but we'll see whether they, they take us up on it. A little music to bring back the love in, in Ukraine, perhaps. Hugh, you mentioned there some. Are you prepared to break some hearts and tell us what you're not proud of? <laughs> well, there are. Well, I want to go drawing attention to it because then people will people will then go seeking it out. No, and come on, go, name oh, and shame, name and shame. Oh, I've done some awful things. I've done some awful things. I've also been in some very good things, but just done my bit badly. You know, it's it's. There's a sort of perpetual feeling of dissatisfaction that you, if you're in if a performer of any kind, I think you spend the whole time. I remember doing uh, when I was doing house. I would, I would drive home or ride home. Actually, I used to go on a motorcycle, but I would I would go home every single day, thinking, "Oh, damn it! If only I'd done it this way, or if only I'd done that, or I didn't get that right." Instead of thinking, which is what I should have done, you know, how am I going to prepare for tomorrow? I would always spend spend my evening sort of beating myself up for the day before, which is a complete waste of time. But that we're all like that a bit, aren't we? We 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 all spend far too much time uh, regretting the thing that we can't do anything about instead of savouring what, what we're doing right now. Um, it, 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 you're quite right. I think we all have a little bit or perhaps a lot of imposter syndrome. I don't think it matters what we do. My husband is a research physicist. He gets imposter syndrome. I come on the radio and think, you know, I've been getting away with this for 25 years now. One of these days they're going to wake up. I have never heard that term. That's a brilliant term. Imposter. So you're thing. expecting somebody to call you out at any moment and mm. say, mm. you, you shouldn't be there. You, yeah, yeah, that is, that's absolutely it. You had that, yeah. Exactly. That's the uh, the feeling. You cannot believe you've got a, got away with it for so long. Did you feel like that when you decided to record Let Them Talk? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I, uh, I was completely prepared for um, 
um, you know, to have people blowing the whistle and waving the yellow card. Um, all I knew was that this was um, uh, my love for this music was sincere, and that you know I wasn't I wasn't faking anything. Um, so I, I, I at least felt confident about that, and I also thought this this is just something that's got to be gone through. People people are going to be naturally suspicious or or, or um, uncertain about why I'm doing it or what you know what it's going to be like. And that's that's sort of natural, and that's how it should be. It would be it would be weird if it was any different. I just have to press on because this is what I I love to do and have loved all my life, and it has brought me so much joy. And you know, I wanted to to make a little more of it uh, and, and share it share it if at all possible. And I think that's an incredibly gutsy thing, whether you are me and you decide to do a different sort of interview or create a different side of story, sort of story, or whether it's you with this illustrious acting comedy theatre career behind you and you suddenly... And it's, it's even more risky for you because you're right, you face the derision of millions of fans going, what? Who do you think you are? That yes, I do. That's, <laughs> That's scary. Right. That is a gutsy thing to do. Thank you for reminding me. Um, <laughs> I'm good at you, that. But there, there am I thinking whatever, whatever you do, don't look down. And you're saying look down. Um, no, you're right. It, it is. Um, it. But I, I, I'm, I'm confident now. We've done about a hundred and about 120 shows now over the last couple of years in all sorts of different places. And I am. I mean, I would never. I would never say. I know how to do it. I've never known how to do anything, honestly. I can barely tie my own shoelaces. But I do I do feel that the show we do now, it's, it, this is something I'm incredibly proud of. I think I'm pretty confident that if I went to the show, sat at the back and watched what we do, I would have a terrific time. I know we, we, I know we put on a good show. My guest is Hugh Laurie here at twelve thirty three ABC Newcastle, reading a review of your recent Perth concert, and the the reviewer was saying that watching you, watching your band, was in itself wonderful. Oh really? Ah, I didn't. I, that was yes. I was probably and that was probably an unguarded moment. I don't know what the hell I think I'm doing on stage having unguarded moments. I should be guarded at all times. <laughs> no, it is true. When the, when this band stands a song up on its on its uh, on its back legs and makes it dance, it's just the most delicious, incredible feeling, thrilling, thrilling. And I, you know, the best thing for me is that I sort of have the best seat in the house. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm right there. They're right in front of me, and I get. They're all. In fact, they're all around me, and I get to hear these extraordinary things uh, that they do night after night, and and never the same twice. But always sort of reaching for some uh, extra level of of feeling, of emotion, of of. It's just absolutely thrilling. Um, uh, and I, I'm almost, I'm almost uh, ashamed of how lucky I am. I have to confess, I have only just seen late last year the wonderful Leonard Cohen for the very, very first time in my life. That's a terrible confession to make for an old bat like me. Not at all. But 
I had that same experience that the reviewer mentioned about watching you, watching your your band members, your musicians playing and, and what looked like, you know, love on your face, was watching Leonard Cohen watching the different musicians in his band and his obvious joy in watching them and listening to them play around him was just enormous. Well, that it's true because that, in a way, that is part of what what music is and what music can do to us as listeners. It it it, it is a it is a, a communication between people. It isn't just an execution, a sort of dry execution of of an idea. It's a conversation between people. It's a seduction. It's a mm. it's a sort of teasing. It's a it's a it's a courtship. It, it's it's all these things that are going on, and they, it's going on between musicians and between the musicians and the audience. And in a way, the audience are all are all beco- hopefully, if if we get it right, become musicians too, because they are part of the part of the conversation. They're part of the experience of a song living and breathing uh, in uh, on a stage. And that's part of the, the 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 extraordinary thing about music. It's uh, it's just an endlessly fascinating, miraculous uh, creation. How much can music move you, Hugh, when you are listening to somebody else's music? I'm sure I can share with you. Just to keep it a secret between you and I, though, I actually had a little tear in my car the other day, listening to uh, some of the music off the new Neil Finn album. It it can move me hugely. And does every day. I mean, every. In fact, I would say every hour of every day. I'm, I'm listening to something and learning something, or feeling something, or being taken on some sort of journey. Or uh, and sometimes <clears throat> it can be, uh, it can be the story of a song. Sometimes it can be a, an individual performance within a song. Sometimes it can be a whole sort of orchestral feeling from from a, a total. Uh, the total presence of a band uh, or a group of musicians, it can be, you know, there's always some other thing to be found. There's always some other experience that music can give. And sometimes it's cons- it's familiar and consoling, and sometimes it's just a whole new adventure. It, it's sort of... Uh, Endless possibilities. It, it's it never ceases to uh, amaze me. Hugh, do you get sick to death of talking about house? No, not at all. No, far away. I can bang on about it for for days. You I've only really out, got I... one question about house, and that is uh, why. Okay. Why does Doctor House have a Hammond B three organ in his house? <laughs> that was why did he have a Hammond B three? That was a that was a gift from his uh, his uh, compadre. Uh, Dr. Wilson, played by Robert Sean Leonard. Now, why was it at Hammond B3? I don't really remember. <laughs> but uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, is that enough? It's not yeah. really enough, is I think it? it's one of those love-hate instruments, isn't it? Sometimes people will go, oh, the sound of the Hammond organ, it's so wonderful, it's so magical. It is magical to watch a Hammond organ being fired up, but other people are like, oh, kill me now. Yes, they can be. They can be. But I, I, I'm in the first camp. I, um, I think a, a B3 is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, you played um, the start of um, Procol Harum's White of Sh- Whiter Shade of Pale, didn't you? That, that may not be the thing that uh, fires everybody up. I agree. <sighs> but that was the... Uh, I can't even remember why I did that. 
there must again, again. I would like to say that there was there was a reason. Uh, it doesn't immediately spring to mind. The use of music and songs in house, uh, I always found particularly interesting. Yes, me, well, me too. I thought it was. Uh, uh, I mean, besides the fact that that house was based fairly, fairly. Obviously, fairly nakedly on Sherlock Holmes, and Sherlock Holmes was a, a great lover of music, and it was a sort of interesting contrast between the the vast analytical computing brain of Holmes and House, and this this romantic uh, musical side of his brain, and to sort of see how the two things fitted together was always an interesting mm. thing. Um, I, I I also I I just. Uh, I like the fact that it expressed sort of some softer side, often a softer side of house or a more uh, intuitive side of house that were, rather than that, um, this, this, great, um, this great big uh, number-crunching brain that he had. Um, although, of course, there, there's, a, there's a methodical, uh, systematic uh, approach to music as well. It, it is about physics and it's about maths and it, there is, you can reduce everything to numbers, but there is something so romantic about music and so, and so romantic about the way House expressed some of his, uh, his thinking. It uh, never ceases music. to amaze me how many doctors, scientists, etc., are musicians, composers like my husband, who's a you know secret nighttime closet composer, or they play in orchestras and so on. No longer secret, I no. may say, well. um, but it's true. <clears throat> it's absolutely true. It, they seem to go, they seem to go sort of hand in glove, and uh, I suppose one day when people have worked out um, and, and and mapped the the workings of the human mind. I doubt that will ever happen, but but let's say that it does. Uh, maybe we will understand why that is, why those two things go together so well. But you're right, they do, uh, and and very often. Hugh Laurie, before I let you go, you've spoken with enormous passion about your love of music, about your love of being able to play this music that has meant so much to you for a lifetime. But you also acknowledge there a wonderful career and something that you're very grateful for, uh, except for some bits. <clears throat> if you <laughs> right. if you had your time over, though, is music that part of you? Is it such a significant part of you that if you could have had success that you would have traded one for the other? I don't... I can't even think of life that way. I think it would be... Um, I, I'm almost scared to think of life that way. I think You know, to, to spend time thinking, oh, if only. Mm-hmm. If only I'd done this or what if I'd done that. Um, you know, life unfolds in a in a pretty... Certainly, my life, uh, and I think most people's lives, unfolds in a pretty haphazard way. We 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 think we're uh, steering it, but a lot of the time we're not. We're just sort of careering down the road, uh, bouncing off the uh, um, bouncing off the curb the whole time. Mm. And uh, and I think we it is up to us. Our duty is to enjoy and embrace and savor whatever it brings us. Uh, in whatever form it brings us, and, ne- and not to think, oh, God, we should have taken that turning, you know, two blocks back. Um, so I, I just try to blot that out. Uh, I, I'm incredibly, I've been incredibly lucky with all sorts of things in my life, and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to think about uh, disowning any of them or, or giving them, any, uh, giving any of them up to to achieve something else. I'm just so 
lucky to be doing what I'm doing and, and loving every minute of it. What would you tell the 14-year-old Hugh Laurie? Ah, ah, yeah, that's a good one. Hmm, yes. Uh, I would probably just say work harder. Um, pr- practice more, work harder. Um and uh, you know, then then you just take what comes after that. That's would, all you can do. Would he have listened? No, no. I think that's that's uh, that's the constant sort of uh, delight of life that we we discover the lessons uh, too late to make any use of them. That's 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 the human condition. But uh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just that's just how it is. We're not we're not machines. And uh, uh, thank God. Indeed. Um, it would be a pretty dull life if we were. Hugh Laurie, it's been a real delight to speak with you. Thank you so much for giving us uh, so much of your time. You're here in Newcastle at the beautiful Civic Theatre on Saturday night. I hope that you have a lovely time while you're visiting our town. It's it's a little bit of um, back to black out a week this week because we've got Tony Robinson in town for a few days too. Oh, my goodness, I didn't know that. Yep. Um, well, and, we'll, we'll have it- to put on our... our, our Blackadder crested tie or whatever it is we're supposed to wear and have a secret handshake or something. Indeed. Excellent. Indeed. Hugh, terrific to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Thanks. Hope to see you there.